0: downloading this podcast from the Freedom Centre Church in Preston. Good morning, it's great to be here again this morning. I believe that God has a, uh, a word for this time and for this season this morning, so let's be expectant as we get into his word, let's open our ears and our hearts to hear from him. I think it's fair to say that this year has been a little bit tumultuous. If we think back to January and uh, the bushfires and the climate crisis, through to Megxit, through to Brexit, through to uh, Trump's impeachment, coronavirus, Boris Johnson's illness and most recently to the murder of George Floyd and all the subsequent protests and tensions. It's felt at times like Uh, a big kind of pressure cooker of things, events, just building and building until we get to a point where something finally has to give. It can feel like there's been a sort of tugging at the seams of society. All the structures and the patterns, the ways we've lived our lives, the things we've come to rely on or expect have been taken away or challenged or overthrown. We are living in Um, uncertain times and the result of all of that uncertainty is anxiety, for many people it's fear, it's stress and it's worry. The Mental Health Foundation um, conducted surveys at a few points since mid-March just before we went into lockdown and they found that at its highest 62% of adults in the UK felt anxious or worried. Many have felt lonely, One in three people fear losing their jobs. People are worried for themselves, for their families, for their futures. On a a micro level, in our own lives, in our own spheres, we're worried, but also on a macro level, as we look at society and a world that appears to be in chaos, people are worried about how we get back any kind of normality. How do we get back to a place that is good? But we know that God speaks into the darkness. And what I want to explore this morning is in the midst of a broken world, what might he be saying? If you have a Bible, you can open it to Psalm 93. Psalm 93 says, "'The Lord reigns, he is robed in majesty. "'The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. "'Indeed, the world is established, firm and secure.'" Your throne was established long ago. You are from all eternity. The seas have lifted up, Lord. The seas have lifted up their voice. The seas have lifted up their pounding waves. Mightier than the thunder of great waters, mightier than the breakers of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Your statutes, Lord, stand firm. Holiness adorns your house for Endless days. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would speak to us this morning. Father God, wherever we are, wherever we're watching this, Lord, just let your your presence inhabit our houses, our bedrooms, our living rooms, Jesus. We open our ears to you. We soften our hearts to your message, to your word. I pray that you would speak to each of us. Lord, that you would comfort or convict, that you would encourage, that you would challenge, that you would lead us all into greater knowledge of who you are and into um, a deeper relationship with you and greater pursuit of you. Lord, well, I just ask for more of you and less of me this morning, it would be your word that is spoken. In your name, Jesus. Amen. There are three things that, uh, that I think we need to recognise Uh, and and kind of dig into in this psalm this morning. So if you have a, a notebook, if you're making notes, here they are. They are, number one, God is enough. Number two, God's word shapes our world. And number three, God's voice is above all others. God is enough. God's word shapes our world. And God's voice is above all others. So firstly... He is enough. Let's look again at verse 1. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. I love that last phrase, that armed with strength. It just makes me think, like, imagine turning up to a battle and you look at the the army opposite, they have a dazzling array of weapons and and you're talking to people around you, the guy on your left, he's brought a flaming sword, the guy on your right's got like a lightsaber or something And, and what do you have? Strength something so simple about it so, so just cool about it and, and to illustrate what i mean um, if you were in a christian youth group at any point from like 1998 to 2005 you would have seen the matrix it was for all kinds of reasons a benchmark film but christians ate it up because it was rich with biblical metaphor and so 23 years later i'm going to mind that little vein for you today if you haven't seen it it's it's concerned with a character called neo who finds that he is the fulfilment of a prophecy that somebody will come and liberate the human race uh, from the yoke of slavery and into freedom and true life you can see why christians like it so much Um, at one point in the film neo uh, and his friend have to go and save um, one of their other friends from an enemy and so neo enters the building absolutely laden down with guns Strapped to his chest, to his legs, to his back, and he's got these two large holdalls as well. And across the course of about five minutes, he uses every single one of them. And what he sees is a very impressive action scene where, yes, he wins, but he sustains a little bit of bruising along the way. At the end of the film, Neo encounters that same enemy. But this time, he's realised the full extent of the power at his disposal. And so when they fire their guns, all he has to do is reach out a hand and the bullets stop and fall to the ground. And I find that such a helpful image of a God who is armed with strength. He doesn't need anything extra. He alone is enough. Sometimes we want to try and help him out. Sometimes we arm ourselves for the battle with weapons that we just don't need. And so I believe one of the questions for us this morning is what have you armed yourself with? What are you bringing to the battle that you just don't need? Is it something that maybe you think is helping but is actually hindering your fight? I don't know what your battlefield is, maybe it's fear, anxiety, work, finances, relationships, whatever. The temptation can be to trust in God and something else. Like, I'm anxious, so I trust in God, but a little bit of online shopping really just eases the stress. Or, I'm worried about my finances, so I'm praying hard. I'm keeping back my tithes, just for this season, just till I get back on my feet. I don't know what that God and is for you but I believe that God is reminding us and inviting us this morning to trust that he is armed with strength, that his strength is enough. His strength is enough for your battle. We're being invited to drop our weapons and trust in him. Second point, God's word shapes our world. Look at that statement at the end of verse one, the world is established and firm and secure. And as we reflect on the last few months, it has felt at times anything but established and firm and secure. And even now, as we begin to tentatively come out of lockdown, things feel new and they feel different. Sometimes that's confusing or stressful. It's unpredictable. It's chaotic. And yet God's word says the opposite. God's word is that the world is established, firm and secure. Does our experience make that wrong? Absolutely not. Our experiences do not change God's word. To illustrate that point, let's have a look at Numbers chapter 13. What's happened at this point in the story is the Israelites have been travelling through the Promised Land and they've arrived at Canaan. Not through the Promised Land, they've been travelling through the desert and they've arrived at the Promised Land. They've arrived at Canaan. It's the land that God's promised to give them. And before they enter, Moses sends out 12 spies. To go and investigate what the land is like and they come back among those spies were joshua and caleb the 12 of them come back and verse 27 they gave moses this account we went into the land to which he sent us and it does flow with milk and honey here is its fruit but the people who live there are powerful their cities are fortified and very large we even saw the descendants of anak there these giant men quite intimidating so Yes, the land is good, but the cities are too big for us. The people are too big for us. We'll carry on. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Jebusites and the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. So not only is it full of these enormous people and these massive cities that we can't possibly hope to conquer, but it's full. And it's full, Moses. We can't go in. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who gone up with him said, we can't attack those people, they're stronger than we are. And so what happens is this argument rages on into the night and gathers kind of the other Israelites into it, until eventually Joshua and Caleb get so frustrated that they tear their clothes and stand up and say, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land. God had promised the Israelites that they could have a good land. But when the spies went into that land, their experience of the world around them informed their understanding of his promise. And so they stopped believing. But Joshua and Caleb, they'd seen exactly the same things. They'd seen the descendants of Anak, the the giant men. They'd seen uh, the, the fortified cities. They weren't naive. They weren't in denial about the reality of the situation. They just trusted in God's promise. They never denied that the bad stuff was there. They'd seen it. They knew what they were getting into. But they saw past it. They saw the power of God's promise over it. And so they knew that there was a land that they could claim, that they could step into it as a land that was good. And the same thing applies to us. When we look at the world in front of our eyes, it seems chaotic and disordered and frightening. But if we lift our eyes like Joshua and Caleb and we view our world through the lens of God's promise, we can trust that it is established and firm and secure. And as people who trust in God's promise, we don't have to feel anxiety, we don't have to feel fear, we don't have to worry. In fact, we have to not worry. We are invited into peace and confidence that God's world is firm and secure. That your world is firm and secure. If you've been feeling recently that sort of frantic, anxious, unsettled feeling, can I suggest that you make this psalm part of your daily routine? Just for the next week or so, read it every day, meditate on it, read it out loud, declare it over yourself, your household, your situation, allow it to sink in and become part of your way of thinking until you're viewing your world through the lens of God's promise and you can enjoy the peace and confidence of knowing that his world is secure. Second point, God's voice is not second point, third point where are we up to? God's voice is above all others. Look at verse three and verse four, "The seas have lifted up Lord, the seas have lifted up their voice. The seas have lifted up their pounding waves. Mightier than the thunder of great waters, mightier than the breakers of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. I just think that's an amazing metaphor for a world that is so full of clamouring and overwhelming voices competing for our attention at all times and about all things. Our society is designed to bombard us with messaging and content from every angle, every business, every newspaper, every magazine, every product is trying to get their message into your ears, trying to get their voice into your ears. And on top of that, as events happen in the world, in culture, we've created an environment that requires people to weigh in and have their voices heard. In the age of Twitter and social media, everybody gets to have their say we can fire out opinions in a matter of seconds and we are encouraged to And it creates a swell and a kind of sea and a thunder of voices matthew beard a philosopher and a lecturer observed that in conversations about an issue of the day people exchange views on the subject but most of them aren't their views they're the views of someone else some columnist a twitter account they follow what they heard on tv And then they trade these views like grown-up Pokemon gods, fighting battles they have no stake in, whose outcome doesn't matter to them. And what happens as a result of that is we have this spiralling of opinion, this spiralling of voices that grows and grows and grows. Now, at this point, I need you to hear me. I'm not saying that it's wrong to have an opinion. And in in the last few weeks, some really important opinions have been absolutely rightly expressed and loudly. Ours is a God who is on the side of truth and justice. Who specifically stands up for and defends the oppressed and the poor. And so the advice here is not to remain silent but just to be wary of situations where opinion and argument breeds counter-opinion and counter-argument until the volume swells and overwhelms and nobody can hear what's going on. So before we are overwhelmed by that, the rising tide of opinion, before we retweet and repost and forward or, or make that comment or repeat the fact we overheard from someone who misquoted someone who was quoting someone else, are we pausing? to give priority to the mightiest voice. All of the stuff, all the opinions, all the good and the bad, the valuable, the misguided, all of it, God's word cuts through it all. His word is mightier than all of it. If we allow ourselves to be led and pulled this way and that by whatever the headlines are that day or that month or that year, we will always come to a point where we realise that we've been in error. Where we regret opinions that maybe we used to have or things we used to think or do or say. Because popular opinion changes. Society changes. Attitudes change. And again, don't get me wrong, sometimes that is fantastic. Sometimes that is absolutely right. Other times that leads us further away from God's word. Further away from God's will. For our lives and for his world. And so if we just go along with it, if we get swept along without pausing to hear God's voice. We can find ourselves quite by accident quite a long way from where we really want to be. But God's word doesn't change. His statutes stand firm. His law doesn't change. His love doesn't change. His promise doesn't change. And so, when we seek his voice above all others, when we put his word above all others, when we seek his presence above all else, we don't regret the way that we used to think or the things we used to say. We won't be swept along on the currents of popular opinion. We will be a people who are on God's side, on the right side of history, on the right side of the battle. We will be a people who are solid and confident, who believe that God alone is enough to fight our battles, who trust that his promises for our world are true and good, and who know and trust his voice. So can I invite you this morning just to pause and seek God? Can I suggest that before you turn to Facebook and Instagram for your hit of opinion on any given day, before you engage with the news and the media or any of that, You spend time in the quiet, seeking God's opinion, God's voice, God's word. Can I invite you this morning, whatever your battle, to drop your weapons and trust in God's strength. His throne was established long ago. He is robed in majesty and he reigns. So whatever your battle, whatever your issue, whether it's a sort of internal fight within yourself or it's something that is tangible and out in the world, God reigns. God is mightier than the thunder of those voices. God is mightier than whatever your battle is. He is armed with strength and that strength is enough. This morning, we're just being called to trust his strength and seek voice. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you are enthroned on high. Thank you that you are robed in majesty, that you are armed with strength, that you have everything that is needed for the battle. And so, Lord, this morning we lay down our weapons. We lay down the things that we've brought, the things that we have been using to defend ourselves. Lord, we invite you into our lives to fight those battles on our behalf we trust you this morning jesus we seek your presence we seek your word lord jesus let your voice have first priority in our lives in your name amen